Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. And the All-Whites impressive run of results under coach Danny Hay had a bit of a snag at the weekend when they lost to Jordan 3-1, but they'll be out on the pitch again in the UAE tomorrow morning, very early, 4am, when they take on Uzbekistan. Uh, joining us now to review and preview just where are the All-Whites at at the moment uh, is uh, former All-White uh, and really respected uh, analyst as well in the game, Fred de Jong. Good morning to you, Fred. Um, thanks for joining us this morning. Uh, a couple of days to reflect on that performance against Jordan. What did you make of it? Yeah, good morning, mate. Um, good morning to everyone else. Um, uh, it, was, it was pretty poor, actually, um, on reflection. Just, um, I think, as you say, they had, they've had an impressive uh, run of results recently. And the expectation was, yes, Jordan were going to be a step up um, from some of the opposition, like the Gambia and probably Curacao. Um, and... That they're a side that had been in camp for a good deal of time, so um, probably more organised than some of the other teams who, again, like the All-Whites, just come together and dissipate um, for the windows. Um, but the All-Whites, I, I think they, the key thing was a, a, like a lack of intensity. And I think there were a number of new players coming in, and Danny's um, been quite open that he's going to give players that he's selected for the first time, he's going to give them a, a good opportunity to show what they can do. Um, and I think in a couple of in a few cases there, rather than just playing, players were trying to do the right thing, and rather than just going, look, I got here because I do a certain thing quite well. I'm just going to keep doing that, and um, it's almost overthinking the game. And um, yeah, that combined with a lack of intensity um, ended up being um, not a great night for the Whites. Uh, not a great night uh, for goalkeeper Michael Wild. He, uh, he appeared to struggle a wee bit in the Olympics at time as well. So. I mean, when you look at that, I mean, you look at the scoreline and you say, well, that's accountable perhaps to a, to a couple of errors in that respect. So if you go down the field, it's, it's, is, it, is that more of an issue for you? I mean, there are individual mistakes, but if you look at the, the overall attitude, et cetera, as you're talking about it, is that a bigger problem than, than those mistakes at the back? Yeah, well, I, I mean, you're right. Uh, Michael Vard had a, had a horror night, um, especially when, you, when you're trying to get you know, push for a, a result, a draw, you're 2-1 down, and he, he lets one through at the near post, um, which is a killer blow, and then the game's gone. Um, so, but, um, yeah, further forward, I think there were uh, some players um, were okay. I think um, it, it actually highlighted some areas where you could see players are more comfortable in certain roles, I think. Um, for, and the, probably the, the best example of that was uh, Marco Staminich was playing as a deep-lying midfielder, so... His, his role in that position is to sort of almost dictate play, get the ball, play wide, get it, play into, play forward. Um, and it was sort of stuttering along. And he was, it was he, I think in that, in that role, he's a guy who goes, what am I meant to do now? Um, what am, he's o- and almost overthinking it. Then second half, he got pushed forward. Clayton Lewis came in and that switch straight away, the whites look better. Staminich is driving with the ball. Um, and so he's way more comfortable in a more forward role. And you can see that. So that's actually a little tick for Danny to go, OK, I think I'm going to play him there. And you've got, you know, and then Joe Bell will come in for this game. Um, there'll be a lot of changes, I'm sure, um, for this Uzbekistan game. 
Um, but yeah, I think it, it, there were across the board in the outfield players, there were some ticks and also some crosses um, next to some names for Danny. He's actually had, a, because of his fine work and being able to commit to staying over there, he's actually came up, come up with more fixtures than we probably thought they were going to get. But now that we're down to the wire, basically, with this uh, Uzbekistan game basically being the last hit out, it seems, before those World Cup qualifiers, how close How close do you think Danny is to a, a starting eleven as such? I think there's, there's two things. One is the eleven, and two, the formation. And I think it's, um, we saw... Um, but but I, I do think he's he, he knows probably eight or nine of his players. I think um, the the key positions are probably oh well. I think the goalkeeper one's resolved now, um, and I think the other one is who's going to partner Chris Wood up front. So there's a spot there for someone who to grab with with both hands um, across the the rest of the the um, the field. I think Danny sort of pretty much has has would have um, his, his favourite formation and his favourite players um, in, in his mind. Um, but I do think you'll see a change of formation today. It'll be you know, a, a back three, midfield five, front two. And um, I think that probably with the players we've got and their skill sets, I think that, that gives, um, that's the best formation for those skill sets you've got because it gives natural width. And that's what really was lacking against Jordan. There was no width. And um, I think with, with the wide midfielders, suddenly you've got width and you'll, get a, you'll see Joe Bell get on the ball, open out and just ping diagonals and try and catch the opposition sort of off balance, um, so to speak. And uh, I think you'll see a lot more of that in this game. OK, let's uh, look at uh, one of the stories that came out uh, about, uh, I guess, just prior to Christmas, actually. Uh, was the fact that we might not have some of our players uh, available to us in the very early stages of those qualifiers. Is there any update on that? No, no, that's still the same. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a uh, probably you could say a typical Oceania um, decision, uh, um, just trying to hamstring New Zealand as much as possible. Sat in on a few of those meetings when I was on the uh, executive committee for Oceania and um, I lost a few votes, 10-1, I've got to say. Um, <laughs> I think this would have been this would have been the same um, because it, I mean there was there was a formation for this for this qualifying tournament that could have fitted the whole crammed the whole thing into a window into the window but um, they've decided the executive committees decided or the competitions departments decided to go outside the window. Obviously, guys like Chris Wood, we have no call on him then. So you're going to go with a um, uh, for those first. Two games, you're going you're gonna to go with a, um, not your, your strongest 11. Um, wouldn't happen anywhere else in the world, any other confederation. Um, you'd, you'd, be laughed, you'd be laughed out of the room um, you know, mm. if you tried UEFA to do that. It, just, you know, it would just be a joke. Um, so so it's, a poor, it's a poor decision. Um, having said that, I mean, New Zealand's got the, the depth of player to, to pay, compensate for that. Um, you know, we've got 50 professional players playing in good leagues around the world, um, you know, you're talking about Papua New Guinea, um, Fiji. They they would have one. So um, the gap is is large and significant. Um, but it's a it's a headache because this is this is the crunch time of the the four year cycle, and to have these sort of things thrown at you is just a, a headache that you don't really and and don't expect, don't really deserve, and don't expect. Mm. Yeah, uh, it is. It's, I think it's awful to be honest at this level. Absolutely awful. But however. Uh, Liberato Kakachi is uh, in the headlines this morning. Uh, 
He's on loan to Impoli in the CLR, which is great news for New Zealand football to see a Kiwi potentially getting some action in the top Italian league. Yeah, no, we never had never had anyone play Serie A. Um, I think in the in the news bulletin you had to see you know, Matt Garbutt's playing in the youth level at um, at Torino. Um, so um, so yeah, that that is that's exciting. You know, the more obviously the more players we can get at these sort of levels is is great. Um, I mean. Uh, Libby's, you know, he, he, you notice the difference when he's not in the all whites. He has, he has his engine, you know, the ability to get up and down the line and get in behind opposition um, defences and deliver really good quality balls um, is, is a key part of the strategy for, for Danny Hay. And I think, you know, if, to get the, for him to get, he was always sort of earmarked to go really high in the game. And I think this is the start of that um, fulfilling that sort of that promise um, that we saw, that we could everyone could see at the Phoenix. Mm. Fred, just a little closer to home. Uh, I'd like love your feelings uh, about the the Phoenix men and women. Uh, uh, they blew uh, a two 0 lead the, the women's Phoenix side. Now they've lost the eight in a row. Uh, having said that, uh, they've had uh, all sorts of issues, of course, uh, as they, a lot of sides have in uh, Australia with uh, players available, COVID, all this sort of thing. Um, I just wonder, in reflection. Um, the introduction of the women's Phoenix team to the competition. What are your feelings on that thus far? Um, I mean, it's it, it's great for New Zealand football. Um, you got to understand it's bankrolled by New Zealand football. It's not the Phoenix haven't gone out and, and not spending a great deal of money on it. I think a lot of most of it's coming from New Zealand football, um, with an eye to the Women's World Cup in 2023. Um, so this is you know, a platform to to try and progress some players into the football ferns and in that regard absolutely it's a it's a good thing it's actually interesting because when the when i look back in the phoenix the men's the phoenix and the the knights fell apart it was on the board of new zealand Mm. football and everyone was saying you guys got to step in and take over the competition take over the team and at that time we were like it's not our job man it's not our job to run a professional football team um if they go really poorly what are kids going to say about what are parents going to say about their subs going to a professional player's wages? You know, so we, we had a big long debates about whether New Zealand football should step in and do that. Um, this this is slightly different, I think, um, but eventually that, that's got to be handed over to the Phoenix proper. Um, this first year, I mean, some of the rules around the makeup of the team are, are shocking. I think you know you, you put limits on the number. You have to have seven Australian players. You have you can only sign. 11 New Zealand players. If you, if, if you want to sign a new player, it's got to be at the expense of a New Zealand player. All these sort of things. It's just, it's, I mean, talking to Gemma Lewis about it, and, and it's frustrating for her. Um, but as a concept, really good. Really, really good. Mm. And it will be a real boon for the, for the women's game in New Zealand. But you're going to have to suck it. We're all going to have to suck it up for this first year because it's going to be a tough year. Yeah. Um, but then, then hopefully people get serious about it. Yeah, I, I actually got to say, I mean, there have been some relatively close defeats, etc., um, blown opportunities. It's not like they can, you know, thrashed every week, and, and it's it's been embarrassing. It's been far from that. What about the men, uh, the men's Phoenix uh, side under Ufuk Talay, four-one down to the victory in the FFA Cup semi-final, probably one of their worst results for a while. What what about their season to this point? I think they're on the cusp, they're, and they're either going to go drop one one side or the other. Um, because you know they've, they've um, again they've been hamstrung not being able to to re- to sign um, overseas players um, because of COVID and getting them firstly in pre-season getting them to New Zealand and then um, and then waiting for the January transfer window and now they've got that they've got um, they've got a defender they've got a midfielder 
Um, Gary Hooper's come back up front. Um, so they've got their stock for the, for the rest of the season. Um, I think, you know, they, they, they won their last league game um, to get themselves sort of in the mid, mid regions of the table. And I, yeah, it was a poor result um, against uh, Melbourne Victory, although they did go a goal up and had a couple of other chances that potentially could have made it a bit of a, got a bit of a buffer, but the second half was really poor. But, they, but that, that really highlighted their lack of depth and they hadn't put young kids on and they're, they're just not up to that level at the moment. Um, so I think, yeah, it'll go one of two ways. They'll either sort of be a, a mid, middle moat team, a, a middle of the road team, um, and, and sort of drop out of the, the top six contention, or they'll go on a run like they did last year because they've got the cattle now. And, and Ufik Tele's got some stuff to work with now. And, um, and, and they'll be, I think, they'll, you know, a good, good result for them will be just sneak into the playoffs. Fred De Jong, as always, uh, great to get your thoughts uh, on a number of matters there, and uh, especially those ones where you were sitting in the boardrooms and watching these <laughs> things go backwards and forwards across the table. Uh, enjoyed chatting to you, mate. Uh, look forward to that performance tomorrow morning at uh, 4 o'clock, New Zealand, the All Whites versus uh, Uzbekistan. Thanks for your time, Fred. All good, mate. Cheers, man. Yeah, cheers. Fred De Jong there, uh, terrific man, and uh, really uh, uh, running his uh, finger across uh, what's happening in the football world, but particularly the All Whites, of course, he's got a passion for them there. He's got uh, uh, vested interest, of course, with his background, etc., and um, this is uh, an important time for New Zealand football as those playoff games loom.